0: Hey, welcome back to God's glory and men's real stories, the freedom behind bars series. I'm your host, Robert Moore III, and I'm excited that you guys would join us today for another great episode. So, look, I want you to sit back with the community that wants you to look at this as your own community where we can where we care about you in hopes that you feel God's love as well as see God's glory and men's real stories. So in these episodes, I love to partner with my home church, Elevation Church here in Charlotte, North Carolina, to bring you stories from men at various prisons and correctional facilities through their letters to our churches and lead pastor, Pastor Stephen and Holly Furtick, as well as numerous other pastors. Now their full names and specific details won't be disclosed, but God knows exactly who these men are and wants you to experience his glory through their letters of salvation, breakthrough, and transformation, as he continues to invite them into a bigger story to reach those who are far from Christ. So today my special go guest co-host, sorry, I almost butchered that already. My guest co-host joining me on this episode is my brother, our brother, author and speaker, Noah Asher what's going on brother
1: what's up man i'm excited to be here and discuss this letter and discuss everything else going on
0: yeah 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 no it's it's a place so let, let, let me go ahead and cover this real quick for those who like don't know Noah and 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 knowing that i actually had a great sit down with him and you guys are going to hear that one day but but for those who don't know you Share, share. just give them a quick blurb about who you are. And, and okay. more importantly, I mean, like who you are to those who don't know, because I know exactly who you are now. <laughs> and we've spent probably about 30 minutes laughing before we started this episode.
1: Right. I'm yeah. already laughing, thinking about our conversation. Yeah. um, I'm an author. I'm five foot four. <laughs> <laughs> what other information you want me to give?
0: <laughs> Good call out. Uh,
1: no, uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, am I? Five foot five with, with shoes on. If I wear the shoes Pastor Stephen wore um, today at church, I'm, I would actually give you another half an inch uh, on top I'm, of that. I would five. say five foot eight Yeah, <laughs> with those yeah, platform yeah. shoes. But Perfect. yeah, um, I'm an author of a new book called Chaos Overcoming the Overwhelming. It's a little tagline for it. Right, very right. excited about it. It's doing very well already, and we're seeing lives change with my team, and we're just very excited about all that. Is
0: that's awesome. No, that's 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 awesome. So, so it's funny because he 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 hinted that we both just went to church. We just got back from church not too long ago, and it was it was a great sermon. You know, this was his first time going to the actual main campus or any campus. Is that right? That's right. Okay, yeah. and so it was a great first experience because you know I was able to. Well, I wasn't able to pull any strings, but a friend of mine who I reached out to, I said, you know, look, I'm coming to the Ballantine campus today. Is there any way we could get some good seating? And you know, I I assumed at least we'd be in the building, at least we'd be in the main sanctuary. But me and Noah got to sit up front, like like first row,
1: front row, could see every nose hair of every person on that stage. It was amazing. Is that
0: amazing for you? Yeah, that was that was like that was like.
1: That's that was it. I did it for you. <laughs> yeah. It was like bucket list. Check. check.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was it was it, it was an awesome experience even for me because I was blown away. Like I've been there before, but never there like in the front row. And, and you know, the awesome part about it is not only have you just released your first book, but Stephen Furtick also, you know, announced. Well, he didn't announce it today, but he announced that his book is coming out this week. Um, yeah. And, you know for those who weren't there, who didn't actually get to get the copy of of Do the New You. Um, He was able to actually get a copy. We both got a copy of the book now. We're excited about unpacking that. But today, we're going to be unpacking a letter from uh, a brother of ours named Brandon, who sent a letter to Pastor Stephen Furtick. Um, And, you know, uh, we have the pleasure of being able to read that letter today and just kind of just share uh, not only his incredible story, or, or, or pieces of his story, but also just be able to just excite. Well, I'm excited about celebrating with him on what God's doing in his life and things. And so, yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited to be able to do this with you, man. It's, yeah. It's, it's always a pleasure. Um,
1: to read someone's story like this is very important. I was talking to you a little bit about how important it is to uh, these guys, uh, going from someone who was formerly incarcerated years mm-hmm. ago Getting a letter, uh, writing a letter is um, therapeutic in a way because mm-hmm. it's like you get a just release like this is how I feel and it's writing a letter whether it's writing a letter to God or writing a letter to someone that has impacted your life but writing that letter is so therapeutic but what's also so important is when you get that letter back mm-hmm. um, and, and get a response from someone. Uh, it's just so powerful. I've seen the, the manliest of men <laughs> Uh, shed a tear just to receive a letter and so to to unpack something and let people know hey your voice is being heard is is very crucial
0: yeah no i and you know i i it's funny because just my last episode god it put it on my heart to begin to not only you know read these letters and respond back not only to that this guy that guy but also to send them a letter back and and I think on my last episode I actually wrote the letter ahead of time and I read the letter, the response back. And so today, you know, not only will I be writing a letter, but but my brother Noah will be sharing a letter with me that we will respond back to Brandon just so that he can know that we're encouraging him as he continues on in his journey, as he continues on and what God's doing in his life. And so, as I said, I'm, I'm excited to read his letter today, man, yeah. and um, just see, just see, allow others to see what God is doing behind prison walls, how he's setting people free, how he's transforming them, how he's just encouraging them on their own walks as they continue to be what God called them to be, even when others believe, like, I don't know, I think you should just put a period in it, man, and just go ahead and hang it up. I mean, this is as far as God has taken you. You made right. your decision, and now you got you to gotta lay in that. And so, yeah. it was, and I'm just curious, was that ever how you may have felt?
1: Yeah, there was a lot of moments where you feel like you're just kind of like an inmate number, you know, 1005, you know, whatever,
0: yeah. et cetera.
1: It's like you feel like that number for so long. And I'll never forget, I talk a little bit about it in my book in a chapter called Grace Filter and how um, I would love if there was a filter like that on Instagram where we, you know, we may take a picture and we see inmate, but but God sees child oh, of God. Oh, that's good. Um, you know, we may see lost cause, yet God sees found child
0: Ooh, of God. Oh, that's good. And
1: so uh, that's why, like, the grace filter is so important, especially when you're in the midst of chaos, when you're behind uh, prison bars, it's almost, you start to believe that that's who you are. Right. And I'll never forget, uh, when I left prison, I'll never forget this officer say, Hey, you're done. Like you're free. And I just sat there and cried Mm -hmm. because I'm like, I'm free, but I don't know who I am anymore. I'm inmate number, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. You know, I had to relearn who I was and go through this process of, Okay, this is this is who God says I am. This is who I really am. Right. But it took a while to get to that point because you believed the enemy's lies um, for so long. Right, and, and it's almost wow. as if it's not just verbal being told, "Hey, come here, inmate." <laughs> You're also you physically see, "Come here, inmate." By, every time you see barbed wire, every time you see the jail cell shut, right. you feel like, "Okay, I'm not only an inmate because he called me that." I'm an inmate because of where I am physically. Right, And it's this, what you're doing is so important. Um, and, and anyone who writes a letter like this, they are at a point where they either want to share and celebrate that they've overcome.
0: Right, right. Or they're
1: writing a letter of, of almost like a plea for help saying, hey, I haven't overcome yet. I'm overwhelmed you, you yeah, see so no. but both both sides need a response because when someone's overwhelmed they need that encouragement right they need that hope right now if they've overcome, they also need an encouragement, but they also need someone to celebrate with them and say, okay, this is a big deal. Right. You've made right, it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So this is really cool what you're no, doing. It.
0: No, I appreciate that, bro. And I, like I said, I appreciate you joining me, sitting down with me because I know how this, this plays a big part in your, in your life, in your ministry and what you're doing, how it plays a, a part in like why not only you wrote this book, but, but what a lot of the funding from this book goes to and, 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 yeah. and share that because I'm we were talking about that before we even got started about how like, this is not just a book of like, oh yeah, you know, I'm looking to make all the proceeds so that I can write my next book or do this or, but, but it, but it, but it goes back to a passion of yours and right. what you, you want your ministry to be able to continue to touch.
1: Yes. So all the proceeds for this book actually goes to providing copies for prison libraries and rehab centers. Mm. And uh it's so important to do that because this book, I, I've been to prison libraries myself where you're just sitting there, you have all the time in the world to read. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so it's like, okay, what book do I want next? And, um, this is, this is going to be on shelves and it's going to be an opportunity. Uh, a lot of times people have told me already, and we've seen some great reviews where people are like, I didn't know who the author was. And I'm like, yeah, me neither. But, um, they, uh, (laughs) they'll grab the book and they're like, we love the cover or chaos just defined what they were feeling at the time right? right. and they picked it up and they're like yeah it's it's been changing my life ever since and that's what i think the word is so important um if you're going through divorce if you're going through rejection the word chaos can define what you're going through but also for someone sitting behind bars going i'm in the midst of chaos facts they see this book and and we're hoping that it can just shine a light um beforehand we were praying and uh, before the podcast and that's one thing that it's like when you're in your darkest of pits mm-hmm. i hope this book is brings the brightest of lights for your for, sure. for, for your life and yeah for your so chaos good. yeah
0: that's good that's good and then you know it's funny because <clears throat> when i got my first copy i was looking at the front cover and i was recognizing how just about everything on here speaks to somebody there is not a thing that and I and I don't care what age you are actually that you haven't felt at some point that isn't described here from canceled to unemployed to addiction pain rejection I mean it covers all of them incarceration uh, anxiety you know uh, grief or death addiction I mean loneliness I mean it just it, it, and so immediately I'm like this book is for me like like it spoke to me just by looking at the cover before I even opened up the book and so I thought that right there just in itself I was like. This book is for me. I felt seen by just it speaking on one of the things that I have felt or the multiple things I felt. So. You know, you you had me at the cover. Yeah, at the cover. I yeah, mean, the cover. I, <laughs> yeah.
1: I actually make a joke on the back. It was like, if you picked up this book um, because you judged the book by its cover, it's cool. We all do that. You know, <laughs> right. we really do. And, right. Uh, right. Not I, for sure. A lot of books, I'm like, oh, that, that'll look good on my shelf. <laughs> so yeah. I'll grab that. Yeah, and yeah. actually, when we were designing it, I woke up one morning and I just started drawing this. Because Mm -hmm. I drew the umbrella and I was like, it's let's just rain down words because that's what it feels like a lot of times when you're in chaos. Things are just raining down upon you. And that's kinda like how the cover was birthed. Um, but like the colors and everything, I was like, Oh, it'll look really good on my coffee table. (laughs) (laughs) So
0: (laughs) Nothing else. If nobody buys it, I'll have a great talk coffee table book. Yeah, yeah.
1: You can (laughs) when you invite people over, you can say, Yeah, I read yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's there. You know. <laughs> yeah, what's up?
0: Isn't that what most of our coffee table books are right. for? Like it just yeah. makes us look smart. Yeah, you know, when I put cups on it and then candles. Exactly. And, yeah.
1: <laughs> and if so, um this book uh is great for it's a coaster as well. Um okay. <laughs> if your if your table is wobbly, it's great for <laughs> under the leg. Uh it's got a lot of purpose. It's a multi purpose book for sure. I love
0: so. it. I love it. I love yeah. it. I love it. Well, look, we will get into this letter for you guys. I know a lot of you guys came to listen to a, to a yeah, man's great that. story, yeah. and um, I'm excited about reading it today. And hopefully, you know, my mind and my, my my lips and all will work along with me because sometimes they choose to say, no, actually, we don't want to make you look smart at all. We want to make you look like you don't know how to read. So here we go. We're going to jump into this letter, guys. Here we go. Um, So, dear Pastor Stephen Furtick, first off, God bless For you being you. You are an amazing man of God. My name is Brandon, and I grew up in Michigan with my older brother and my younger sister, and our parents. We were raised Catholic, and I can tell you that I never really picked it up. And I have been through some ups and downs in my life, and I used to curse God for this life I was given until I was recently arrested and I was told to watch your podcast. My life has changed, and instead of cursing God, I'm now thanking God for all of the hardships I have been chosen to experience. Mm, Wow. From suicide to multiple times in prison due to drug addiction, the loss of my brother to an overdose, my girlfriend being murdered, the list goes on and on. Pastor Furtick, you saved my life with the way you preach God's word. It's like no other I've ever heard in my life. You truly are anointed when you speak God's word. The first video podcast I watched of yours was God's up to something upstream. And towards the end of your sermon, I told this story or you told this story of going to the bookstore and I lost it. I was overwhelmed with tears and I still am every time I think about it. I was at a Barnes and Noble to pick up a book. By uh, a. Hold on. to pick up a book. My new girlfriend told me to get the mine is a battlefield by Joyce Myers. And it wasn't you, but someone God sent to purchase this book for me because my intentions were not good for obtaining the book. And I still ran from it until hearing your word. And now that I finally accepted Jesus Christ as my personal savior, I have really, truly gave my life this time to God. I finally saw why God has had me go through everything I have. And it's to help bring those who have been lost to all the hardships I've been through to show them that it doesn't matter what we have been through. Because if God can save me for he have. um, ah, There it goes. Tongue got twisted. If God can save me for he overcame the world, he can save anyone. And since being saved, I've been doing what I can to bring others to God and playing your video podcast for them here at the jail I'm currently at. I thank you and your family and Elevation Church for being able to hear God's word through your voice. I'm forever going to be in debt to you for bringing me back to God in a way that in my 35 years of life, no one has ever been able to do. I now know that I'm going to be the father I need to be, the son and the brother and sometime soon husband I want to be because I'm a man of God now. I hope to meet you someday so that you can put a face to my name. I now look to you for my word of God when I'm not studying my Bible. Keep being you, for you have no idea how your preaching hits home for so many people that are lost, but are now found in Christ. Also, the amazing music and songs that come out of Elevation Church and your preaching have left me in tears of joy. And finally, feeling the power to be forgiven and the unexplainable filling of the Holy Spirit. Thank you. Sincerely, Brandon. That was good. Wow. That was good. Man. It was like so much in that, man. It just like resonated with me where it's like, yes, bro. I feel you on that.
1: Yeah. I was really thinking as he's sharing a story about uh, like the parable with the, the lost son, but also the lost coin and the lost, Cheap mm. and how it's so easy when you're lost to to feel like you're sitting like if it, picture being that coin for a minute right mm-hmm. you're stuck down between the, the seats of your couch right, right? <laughs> and you're sitting there you're like no one no one wants me no one's looking for me mm. no one I have lost value because if I'm not being spent there's no value in it right oh wow So it's just yeah. there it's yeah. just there in the couch cushion and. One thing about that parable and, and even here in Brandon's story is this it's just a reminder that we're not truly ever lost because we're always found in God, right, right? Right. He's always searching for us. He's always looking for us. And if he's searching for you, that means you have value. Mm-hmm. In fact, to be lost means, like if if to claim yourself as lost, Means that someone has to identify you as lost,
0: for sure. Which
1: means they're, oh, they're looking for you. You know, right. where's, where's oh, my coin? Good. Where's yeah. my sheep? Yeah, you know, where's my son? That's so good. That's if they're so looking good. for you, right? Yeah, that yeah. means you have value. And, and to hear Brandon's story, is just a reminder of, of redemption. It's a reminder that when you are lost, you you can be found. Um, you're never too deep. Down in the cushion, right for for God to reach you up out of there, right,
0: right. Yeah, that's, that's so, so good. No, that's and that's so true. And, and just even the picture you just you just kind of like painted to me. Think about it. If it like you said, if you're lost, if somebody's reported you lost, then that means they're looking for you. Yeah. Imagine not being reported lost. Imagine nobody caring that you're gone. Imagine right. nobody looking for you or sending out a search party to find. You. Yeah. It means that. You, like, like and and not to say that anybody should ever feel that way because sometimes we feel that way not because of the God that's pursuing us and looking for us and continuing to call out to us but the people we expected to sometimes come and look for us right as we as we feel lost or we feel un- unappreciative or we feel like we don't have any value here yes and and that's that that can cripple you sometimes in some ways and that you feel like Nobody cares that I'm that I'm that I'm not happy or nobody cares that I'm here yeah. or nobody cares the value I bring to this place. And so it 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 when you believe that when those thoughts sit in, we I think we talked about that on the ride to church today. Sometimes the feelings we have when we begin to believe those feelings, yeah. And we don't question them. We don't want to understand the full truth because we talked about how like sometimes people were quick to say well feelings aren't the truth. But I believe that feelings have a way of making you question what the truth is, and not right. just ignoring them because, oh well, if feelings aren't true, then I can just ignore that feeling. But it's yeah. in res- recognizing that, okay, what is what what is true in this story, and what is not? What what am I? What have I made up? And you and you even brought out a good point too that I thought, like, wow, I didn't even think about that.
1: Yeah, it's like your what whatever you're feeling it's your truth in a way is it's, more yeah. importantly, it's your reality. Right. You know, if like I've built this, like, Oh, this person doesn't like me. It may not be actual reality, but it's my reality. Right. I feel like they don't like me. Right. And so I, I carry that with me. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, what is, what it is, is deception. You know, right. it's, it's breaking the, the deceiver away from his ability to, to ring loud in our ears. And, sure. And, uh, even though it says that uh, the enemy uh, roars like a, you know he is like a lion right uh, his roar is still pretty loud sometimes in our ears for sure and and when you're in Brandon's situation a lot of times it's easier to hear those roars of I'm not enough I'll never be enough uh, this is my life um, to hear about his uh, struggle with addiction um, mm-hmm. I mean addiction is, is, is serious and and it's not something that just goes away. I've I've worked um and spoken with many addicts and it's like when people are like, Oh, um, I'm I've recovered, it's like, well, you're recovering. You know, it's like you're always sure. working on yep. that process. You're always rehabilitating. Yeah. And and that's something that even like through chaos, I'll talk about like in your aftermath when you're rebuilding your life after the storm dissipates and the enemy retreats. Um, it's never there's never a moment where you're going. Okay, I, I, I've made it. I'm fully rebuilt. Right, uh, right, check that off. You know, I can move healed. on. Yeah, yeah, healed. <laughs> no, you're being healed. You right. know, you're you are rebuilding. Right, uh, I would say it's almost like in your house. Like, you can renovate your house, but there's always going to be projects. For you know, sure. there's always something that you can. Uh, literally, like you finish the kitchen, and before you know it, you're like, All right, now it's time to do the bedroom. Right. You know, and you just, then I mean, like, you just sat down and yeah. your wife's
0: like, Hey, you know, I was noticing how the <laughs> knobs are different than the knob in, in the kitchen and in the bathroom. Exactly. I don't see a problem with that. Right.
1: <laughs> so now it's like, Okay, now let's do that. And then before you know it, you've. um gotten a charge card at home depot and you know <laughs> no, you're, you're, you're going whatever but it's like you're always re- growing for you're sure. always rebuilding for you're sure. always renovating some part of your life and that's a good thing actually you know to renovate um you know at church today it's like you hear something and it's like you know what i may need to sit on that for a minute mm. and and, and marinate on that for and, sure and, and see how i need to work on that part of my life right and that's that's rehabilitation that's uh renovating your life and so for him it's like it's it's awesome to hear how he wants to reconcile with some of his family uh reconcile um he's been reconciled with god which is great right and just to see him overcome uh his situation it is such a beautiful thing
0: no uh yeah. for sure and you know what? I, honestly, I, I, I thought about how he said that, you know, he watched the clip. or He saw the podcast episode of God's Up to Something Upstream. And before we go any further, I would love to play a clip or maybe even the clip that he was talking about from that particular episode. So you guys watch this and we'll be back.
2: You heard of the Jordan? Yeah, let me tell you about the Jordan. That's where we crossed over. But that's not where the miracle started. Woo, woo, woo. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't, don't play a single note because I got to teach this. Somebody say, miles 20 miles away. I studied it out. I asked, chat GPT, where is the town called Adam in Joshua 3? And the thing came back and I looked it up in a real book. It said, it's 20 miles away, which means, watch this, that for God to time it this right, That for them to get to the edge of the Jordan River, that, that for the priest big toe to touch that water at flood stage, carrying that ark after 40 years in the wilderness plus five after that, for this to happen at this moment, for the waters downstream to be cut off at this moment, That means God must have been up to something upstream before I got here. Before I got here. God's not walking with you. He's going before you. He's not shockable.
0: All right. Hey, hope you guys enjoyed that clip, you know, um, and, and, I, and I recognize how that that message to me spoke so much to me because it was incredible how I got to see how God works upstream when we can't see those things. But we recognize that, OK, wow, the water stopped. But where and when did it stop? When was God planning this out? And how soon or how long has God been doing this for me to recognize at this particular moment? Wow he must have been up to something upstream. So I I love that episode and if you haven't seen that episode um or that sermon you should definitely check God's Up to Something Upstream. Great episode, yeah, so great, great sermon. But um you know I I truly believe that what really stood out to me from this letter um that Brandon wrote was that I recognize how the more adversity we go through, the more things we begin to go through, we begin to believe that God doesn't have anything good planned for us. Right. And sometimes we begin to think that, OK. It's one thing after another, you know, I'm, 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 I'm finding myself struggling with addiction. Now my family has died because of the same addiction. And now I've lost a, a, a girlfriend. And you know, when, when things start to just pour into your lives, you begin to see God the way you begin to see the struggles of life. And you think, okay, well, God, if this is what you had planned for my life, I could have done better on my own. Yeah. I could have done better, maybe like seeking some other path. And, and you know, I, I know that resonates with me because that was a large part of my life and that I saw God in a light that that he never took on. It was it was a light that that he never owned. It was the way I began to see him based on how I felt, as we were talking right. about earlier. Yeah. And so I see that it it is important to to not only understand God for who he is, but in order to do that, you've got to you've got to, as I would normally say, you've got to spend time with him. I spend time with him in word. I, I spend time with him through through prayer. I spend time with him through through silence, which is a big part of my life of just just meditating on his word, letting him speak to me through the pause and the silence I take. And so, you know, I, I, I see how easy it is to, in his case, curse God, because you believe that he. He doesn't want to do anything in your life. And he only wants to, as as I was reading this today, um, um, it was a part of the scripture of the day. It was talking about how like God's discipline can sometimes seem like, like God doesn't care, especially when you're not used to discipline. Yeah. And, 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 and I remember telling my wife, I was like, you know, that's got me kind of like confused now because if I can see how, when people read this, they will believe that. And let me let me let me actually cite that scripture for those who are con- like 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 you know, what is he referring to? <laughs> yeah. You know, what 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 exactly is he referring to? So I was in Hebrews today and I was I was actually reading how like God he he has an he has a desire to be like as I like to say it, he has a desire to be like a father to us. And he, he has a way of warning us and encouraging us. But as you read on, you see that God's plan is also to to work in our lives through sometimes being like a father, a father who loves you. And that that may be through discipline sometimes, because, yeah. as my mom always used to say, and you don't know, ever want to hear this, I, I punish you or I, I spank you because I love you well, you don't have to spank me if you love me. Like you could just like not spank me. And that would feel like love to me because anybody that disciplines a person has to not like them or not love them. But I'm learning that God's discipline is a way of, 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 of alerting you to things It's a way of like steering you back in and shepherding you back in. And sometimes we make decisions that create consequences. Now, just because God loves us doesn't mean that he's like, well, I'm going to take care of that consequence for you because he's, he's already paid the the ultimate price for us. It's like, like, understand your suffering is going to be similar to my sons who also suffered for your, for your life. I paid the price for that. And so a, a lot of times you, you, you want to believe that, okay, well, God is my discipline. Does my discipline mean that, that, you know, I'm going to experience addiction. and And, and I recognize that a lot of people always question of that, like, like, if God cared, then would he make me go through all these things? Like, yeah. like would I see all these things? Yeah, you
1: know, I was thinking, as you are speaking about, like, when I was younger, uh, I was always the type of person, like, if you told me not to push the button, now I want to push the button. <laughs> you know, like, right. that sort of thing. And, and growing up, like, in the church and going to Sunday school and things of, like that. And it's like, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Mm-hmm. And the first question out of my mouth was what? Why? why? <laughs> right? why? Yep. And they give you that sunny school answer, but also like that parent answer when they get tired of you. Well, because God said so. Just, oh, right? Just like when okay, you ask your parents okay, something okay. like, <laughs> why can't I do that? Because I said so. Listen, and so yeah. I remember being younger and my dad was like, there's a tree at the front of our uh, driveway. And mm-hmm. I always climbed it. Mm-hmm. And my dad told me not to. And so, of course, I said, why? Right. <laughs> and of course he said, because I said so. Right. And so the second he's gone, I'm climbing that tree. Well, one of the branches gives way and I mm. fall to the ground. Mm. And I remember I was holding my arm. I was crying. He came home and, and, and he checked on me and he's like, well, listen, let me tell you why I didn't want you to climb that tree. Mm. I knew it was like rotting. I knew it had died. and We were waiting to get it cut down. I didn't want you to climb the tree because I knew you'd get hurt. Right. And so he was telling me not to climb the tree, not because he didn't want me to have fun. Right. He knows I love climbing trees. Right, He wasn't trying to so keep me good. from climbing the tree so I couldn't have fun. He was trying to keep me from climbing the tree so I wouldn't get hurt. Right. Because right. he knew it would lead. He knew it was riding. Right. And a lot of times it's like we're told not to do something. Mm, it's so simply good. because God knows that it it may be what's rotting internally that will will eventually either hurt us or eventually kill us. Yeah. And so it's like I'm not saying, hey, don't do this because I don't want you to have fun. I don't want you to do this because I don't want to see you get hurt. I'm your
0: dad. Right. Like you just said, like yeah. I'm your father. Yeah. Your father
1: doesn't want to see you get hurt.
0: That's so good, and that's so true. Wow, that's so true. And, and sometimes we want to, why we want to understand it, but sometimes we have to trust our father. Right. And, and, and I think that's, that, that's the biggest call to action. And that if you trust him, you, you don't always need the why Yeah. you know that what he's doing is for your good. Even if it feels like you're just trying to ruin my fun. Right. You're just trying to keep me from having a good time. Yeah. But he knows that, that there's a bigger reason for why it's that I, I don't want you to get hurt. Yes. I don't want you to get too far from me. Right. I don't want to lose track of you. I don't want you to give your life to something that doesn't care about you. Mm-hmm. That's going to, that's coming after you to steal, kill and destroy your life. And so it, it, but, but, but we don't get all of the explanation of it. Yes. And I, and I, and I always talk about how important why is and how sometimes we wise help us buy into things. But when knowing that. There are a lot of times God's not going to give us the why. Right. He's going to want us to trust him without the why.
1: Yes. And it's the enemy who uh, seeps in and tries to get us to really, really, really need to know the why. And it starts all the way back at Adam and Eve. Mm. They're in the garden and God's like, don't eat, don't eat from that tree. And it's like, okay, cool. You know, like the end, but then Satan comes along and he's going, did you ask why? Do you know why he doesn't want you to eat that tree? Right. Because of this, this, you know, and he and he's starts feeding into that. Mm-hmm. So from from the very beginning, the genesis of it all, we are, like, made to wonder why. Right. And and it's like it, it comes from our sin nature, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Are
0: you always painting good pictures like this? I, <laughs>
1: like, I really... <laughs> I don't know where that came. Well, I do and know where that painter. came from. Yeah, yeah. right, right,
0: right. And that's
1: the end of the episode. No, I'm just kidding. Uh,
0: <laughs> Might drop. You
1: got a mic drop sound? Yeah, over? yeah.
0: No, I don't have a mic drop. Oh, man. <laughs> we're, working
2: <laughs> we're working on the no, sound no. effects.
0: He, we're working on the sound effects here because I've never used sound, effects, sound yeah. effects. But he's like, dude, we listen to me. These sound effects. You're missing these moments where yeah. I hit a joke where, like, I yesterday he had a ton of jokes and we had tons <laughs> of punchlines and I didn't even have the button prepared. Now I got it prepared. Like. I can do the yeah, there, but yeah.
1: you know,
0: hey, I'm working on it. We're, 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 Thank we're you. I By the time that. you come back from from Georgia again, I, I promise you, I'll have all of them tuned up good, for good, you. The good. mic drop will be so perfect, even if I got to find a final mic to drop. Yeah, myself. that'll work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, visual learners will <laughs> right. be able
1: to see it on camera.
2: <laughs> right.
1: So that's cool. But yeah, so I think that's so important, though. And even if we look back at the lost son, you know, it, that parable. One of the biggest things for for me in that story that's so powerful, and I, I'm sure Brandon can relate, is when you're far from God. He's that the son was all the way back to his father. He was pacing and like rehearsing mm. his lines. Okay, all right. When I get to my father, I'm going to say, "I'm I'm unworthy. I'm unworthy. I'm unworthy." And the furthest we get from God mm. and from our like from our father. We start to believe that lie. Hey, we are unworthy, and I'm unworthy. And I'm unworthy, and we keep saying that. And it's God who runs to us, embraces us, and in that moment we learn right again. Okay, right. we maybe we aren't unworthy yeah. after all. No. But so it, it's just like the further we are, the and this isn't really profound. It's just kind of like duh, like when you really think about it. But it's like the further we are from God, is the more we're gonna the the enemy can. Remind us that we're unworthy, right, right? Right. And and get in our head of that. But the closer we are to God is when we find out we're we're worthy. Yeah, we're chosen. Yeah we're, we're chosen. yeah, we're
0: chosen. Yeah. Okay. So look, you you say that's not profound, but from a person who who is currently in that situation where they feel like they're unworthy, it. It, it, it is profound because you realize that that's how I feel right now. Yeah. I, I feel like I don't have any value to me anymore. I feel unworthy. Yeah. I feel like I don't I don't make any difference here. If I'm gone, nobody would even recognize right. or care. And that does show the distance you have from our father because you're right. The closer we got to him, it's like like you said, it's like you're rehearsing who you are and he's running to you to tell you who you are in his eyes yes. even when you don't see it.
1: Yes, you know King David. If we look at his life um, for a minute, the thing is with him, there there's really three different ways you are viewed. One by the way people see you. Mm. People saw David as his sin, like oh he's you know he's a mur- murderer or accomplice to murder, I right? Guess. Right, an adulterer, those right. sorts of things. And then it's David sees himself as uh, kind of he starts to believe those lies as well. Sure. But God knows all of that yet God sees him and refers to him as a man after his own heart.
0: For sure. Yeah.
1: And so it's like how we are seen in our own eyes and how we are seen by the through the eyes and the lens of others. Uh again it goes back to the grace filter. How how Jesus actually sees us is sure. totally different. Yeah. I think people see us on the outward and we actually allow people to see a certain version of ourselves. Mhm. And then the second part of who we are is we actually know our inner thoughts and our whatever. And we we hold ourselves to a higher standard, even if we don't share that with the world. And we see ourselves in a certain light. And then God comes in and he sees us completely different than the way we see ourselves and the way others view us. He sees us, hey, I'm just, you're a man after... My own heart. For that's sure. the end. That's, sure. that's how I see you. Right, right, and right. If, and if you get really technical, because he's, I guess, so passionate about this, because I've been there, done that. But if you think about it, when when David um, meets Samuel for the first time,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and Samuel's getting ready to anoint David, right. God had Samuel choose David. So God chose David. Right, right. But because time does not matter, this is about to get very back to the futurish, right? You ready for this? Get her ready. <laughs> Here we go. Um, get, hop in the DeLorean with me for a minute. But uh, God is Alpha and Omega. Time works different. He sees all. Right. He's, he knows all. He knows. So what I'm getting at, I say all that to say this. God knew David was going to be on the roof and be checking out Basheba.com, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay? <laughs> right? That's the best way to put it. He knew he knew that about David's life, yet he anointed David.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. So it's like he already knew, okay, David, at some point years from now, you're gonna mess up. Right. But you're still a man after my own heart. For sure. He knows those things. For sure. So he knew Brandon. Uh he knew Brandon before he was even born.
0: For sure. Right? Right. So here we go yeah. from the message <laughs> today. But he
1: knew us, Jeremiah. Here we go. But he knew us before we were ever even born. He knew Brandon. Before Brandon was born. Right. He knew Brandon would mess up his life and end up in prison. Right. But he also knew the moment where he would find Brandon again.
0: Right. right. Behind those prison walls. Right. When the crazy thing about it is, okay, I noticed you said Brandon would mess up his life. But he knew Brandon would do what he felt. Had ruined or messed up his life. Even though God was like, oh, yeah, but hold on, I'm not done. It's like a movie, it's like any movie. You know, if you watch to half the movie, you'll believe that, like, wow, well, I guess they never got together. Well, I guess there was never a happy ending. But God's like, now hold on. I'm not done yet. Like, you yes. got to wait till I'm finished. And yes. what he does in these stories, how he continues to work and what we feel is messed up, because that's exactly how it looks to us. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure. Like, oh, if, we if messed up. Ever, yeah. Right, right, right. If if you were to begin to write his book, it would sound no different than David's book. And that It's like, okay, well, he's messed up already. It's a wrap for him. Definitely can't be a man after God's heart. Definitely can't be chosen. There's no right. way he could have been chosen by God. So what does that leave it? But mm-hmm. the thing is, is we are all chosen. Yeah. We, we were all. He knew our stories before all of us went through these things and right. these, these these different roads that these paths that we chose. But it's in all of that he still chose us and still has a plan for exactly. us. exactly. Yes. And and that's that's really encouraging. And I love how you use like like even spoke to like the message we heard today. So you know what, I just thought of this and I thought that I would include you in on this. There were some great notes from the from the, from the sermon today. So what was what was a, a note that you may have taken from today's sermon that you would, you, if you could look in that camera right now and share this with Brandon or anybody who feels like Brandon, what note from today would speak to how you feel from this letter? Because I, you know, I know yeah. we both took some great um, notes, seeing as though we were sitting beside each other.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll pull it up. Um, one thing I really like is when uh, Pastor Stephen was talking about stop agreeing with your limitations. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, a lot of times we are, we feel limited. And and a a lot of times our limitations, our sin may actually be a byproduct of our limitations or Mm. our our perception of our limitations. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, We
1: feel limited. And so we feel like we will never amount to anything. And so we, we pull on other people or other vices uh, mm, and, sure. and we do that. So it's almost for like sure. our view of our own limitations is is a byproduct. You know. Yeah. So that's that's kind of what I took away from it. But one other thing that Pastor Steven said today that I think is very important, um, when he was talking about Ephesians one, uh, right. one four and then verse eleven, um, but he said something that really I, I really liked. He said, You don't have to chase uh when you're chosen. Right. And, and uh, I paraphrase that. Uh, yeah,
0: no, no, no. Yeah, because I was like, I was like, no, no, no it's yeah. close enough. Yeah, I like that. Yeah,
1: that's the Noah living translation. <laughs> but, but um, I, I really like that. And it actually goes in, when you think about the, the story, I wasn't even, I, it just hit me now, like the correlation there. But when you think again about the lost son, this it, he didn't have to chase anything. Right. In fact, it's God who ran to him. Right. You know, it's the right. Father who runs for you. You don't have to chase your Father. Your Father chases you
0: for sure. Yeah. Because you
1: are chosen. For sure. The the chase comes from from God to for you. Sure. Yeah.
0: For sure. And He never stops chasing you, which is right. wild. I mean, like I I think that was the one part that baffled me is I started to to understand who God was the fact that His pursuit of us. Is, is everlasting. Like, it's like, I always question like, well, wait, what if, what if I never decide to turn around and pursue God? What if I never, are you saying that he pursues me anyway? And that baffled me. Like, so if he knows the end of my story and he knows that I won't ever choose him, does that stop his pursuit of us? And and to know that he still pursues us as that lost sheep, no matter what, he can know that he can, he can even say it's been three days, you yeah. know, I'm sure the wolves got him, mm-hmm. but I'm still going to pursue after right. my lost sheet. Yeah. And I'm going to leave the 99 behind to pursue after this lost sheep. And that, that to me is just like, I don't know. I talk about it a lot, but man, it just, it, it sits, it sits on me so hard that like you left them to come and pursue me. Like, like you continue to pursue me and to and to go through life where you yeah. never felt like anybody cared about you or cared to pursue you or cared what what was on your heart or how you felt to know that there was a God that cared about how I felt. Like even though earlier we talked about like, well, you know, feelings aren't real. Yeah, but he cares about how I feel. Yeah, he He cares about that. He doesn't want me to just shrug that off and be like, well, it doesn't matter anyway. Like, yeah. no, it does matter. It doesn't matter. It may not be true. All of it may not be factual. Right. But it's gonna take you looking into it to understand what 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 parts of it may be true or where it even came from.
1: Yes. And he he knows every tear you've cried. And he he sees that. And and I say this so many times throughout the book, it almost gets so repetitive at this point, but I want people to really grasp a hold of it. Is basically when you hurt, he hurts.
0: Yeah. Cuz
1: he's your father.
0: Yeah.
1: And and he loves you so much. He doesn't want to you don't you don't want to see your child ever get hurt, you know what sure. I mean? Like and and that's what happens. When we hurt, when we feel this sense of of hurt, he feels that too. Yeah. And the thing is though, um no matter how heavy the weight of our our um problem is, no matter how heavy the weight of our depression feels with our situation, it says scripture says that he holds the weight of the world on his shoulders. Mm. And if he can carry the weight of the world, he can definitely carry the weight of of your, your pain right now. Sure, And and it's so important. And he does that. He does that to lift it off of you. Yeah, He wants you to be free.
0: Right. He
1: wants you to feel free.
0: Yeah. That's so good, man. That's good, (laughs) man. That's good. Hey, look, well, um, Man, I don't even know if I, I don't know if I got a good, I I, I have some great notes here, but I don't know if I had one where I have a whole sermon like you just gave. Yeah. Um, Well,
1: let's see. Let's, we're going to compare.
0: So one of the ones that I really enjoyed that, 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 that he, when he said it, I was just like, man, that's good. You know, I recognize that I lived there at one time, you know, a line that I used to use and I used to hear a lot was like, yo bro, do you like, do yeah. you like don't let them tell you what to do or tell you what you know do you and 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 so I was I live like that like yeah I'm gonna I'm going do me but you know pastors said it today he said God didn't say do you he said I knew you yeah
1: yes so powerful my might Mike drop, Mike drop.
0: <laughs> yeah like there you go. he didn't say do you he said I knew you and what that let me know was that that if he knows me, then I don't have to make up a version of me yeah. to do it. Yeah. I don't have to adjust and say, well, I'm doing this today. This, this is the new me. No, it's like, God, you knew me. You've always known me. You made me. You created me. You created me with a purpose. So you, you've you known me. and And so in knowing that, it's like, so you mean to tell me I don't have to reinvent myself every time I don't yeah. like myself, even though every time things aren't working out right or, 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 or that's out of style now, dude, why are you still doing that? You need to right. do a new you, like, don't do that. But yeah. You know, if you have to do you like, but it's like, no, I knew you. Right. And that was just like, Ooh, that's powerful, man. Like, 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 because it takes you back. It it, it requires you to go back. Yeah. To who he knew you to be, not this version of you that you choose to be, that you live out now. It's like, I I knew you before you started to do you. Yeah. I knew you before you started to be this new version of you that everybody else wanted you to be because they put their hands on you and told you, well, that's not good enough. You don't look good in that. You'll never be able to be that. That'll never work for your life. It's like, I knew you. Yeah. But in order for you to know you, you're going to have to come back. You're going to have to jump in that DeLorean. Like you said, you're going to have to go back to who I created you to be, who you knew yourself to be before everybody told you, man, that's whack. Right. It's like, no, no, there was a reason for that. Yeah.
1: I feel like there's a few versions of ourselves. There's um, our version, the enemy's version. Mm. There's Taylor's version. (laughs) (laughs) I had to. And then there's God's version. And that's like the real version of who you are. I can't even, I don't know what to say, <laughs> but no, uh, that, anyway, um, but no, there's, but that's how we see ourselves. There's, there's different versions of ourselves and, and God's going, well, there's perceptions of right. our, our versions, but there's only one real version of who you are. It's the God given version of you. And that's, he knew you before you were born. Right. And it also says he shaped you in the womb. Right. He was. He was working on you then, right, right, and, and creating you, right. and being a version, and, and you know, it's not like every year when an iPhone comes out, there's a new version. You know, like sure. no, there's just one you, you know, right, right, and, and this is you, and your past, and even your mistakes do not eradicate your purpose. For sure, God doesn't go like, oh, I'm knitting this guy, and I'm going to do something great in his life. Oh. He ripped um, it. He changed. messed it up. Yeah, yeah, okay, like, yeah. Like, yeah, now I have to start over. No, he's it, not. Yeah, up, yeah, he's yeah. not like, he's like, not give me some more yarn. No, he's like, I'm still going to work with what I gave you. Right. Like, there's still beauty in this. Right, right. And he keeps working and he keeps right. working. That's um, so good. Yeah, but yeah, I I really loved that. And the whole story of Jeremiah in the Bible, uh, just to see how there were so many times where he kept saying, I'm not enough. I'm not enough. Yeah. And, and God had to just keep reminding him, you are. Like, right, this right. Is, you're who I'm using. You're think who I've chosen. Yeah. That,
0: that, that, we, but we see that over and over again yes. in the Bible. How God has to remind people who they are, who He sees in them, and I, I think that when we look at that and realize that God consistently was reminding people who they were in His, in, in His eyes, it it almost makes you want to draw closer to Him to understand. Okay, well, okay, okay. Who am I? Who am yeah. I? Who am I? Like 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 who how do you see me? Because right. because we we've already turned to the world to understand how they see us and let them label us. We've then in turn labeled ourselves and a lot of times we don't turn to him to understand, okay, like okay, it's my yeah. turn. It's my turn. How do you see me? Right? Because when you spend time in the world and you realize that he is the 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 one who labeled us before he created us he put a he put a plan in us he, put, he he made us on purpose as i always say for a purpose yeah and so if, if if you understand that it's like well then there's no better person to tell me who i am or how i was created than him and so
1: well you know it's like it's kind of like duh there's no re there's no wonder why we believe what the enemy says about us and what the world says about us because we've drawn closer to the world. For sure. Oh, and it's like good. when we draw closer to God, that's when we're going to find God's version. Right. Is when we draw closer to Him. Right. Um. I, I like playing guitar and been playing it for years. And uh, I used to get with buddies and we can hear a song. A lot of songs are just four chords. G, D, C, E minor. Like those four chords. If you know how to play that, you can play every Christian song in the world. But uh, a lot of times they'll use like a capo and change it from the key of G to the key of A and things like that. Uh And my friends will listen to a song and I'm like, that is basically if you put a capo on the second fret and play a G, you can play that song. And I'll just pick it up and play it. I can do that by ear. That's called learning and playing by ear. I can do that because I've played it so many times that I hear it. Right. That takes practice. That takes uh, consistency. And if we want to be able to... Hear the word of God and like hear what God is saying about us, we have to spend time with Him. Mm, yeah. Um, you know, I'm sure you can do this with your wife, but like a lot of times if you're in a room with with a bunch of people, mm-hmm. you're like, Oh, there's her laugh. You know, you know it because <laughs> right. you've heard it so many times. Right, right. And it's like that's what it is. When you're in a crowded room of people telling you everything you're not, when do you start hearing everything that you are? Right. And that's when you draw closer over to God. Over all those other yeah. voices. Yes. Yeah. You have to good. be able to hear his voice over the, the voice right. of the world. That's and so good. The enemy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's so important for people like Brandon. Um, I love that you say you want to reconcile with your family. Um, That's so, that's so cool. I can't, again, I can't say it enough. It goes really back to the, the, the parable of the lost son, right? Where mm-hmm. he, is reconciling with his father but then there's a a conversation that you see with the brother the the older brother's really upset that anyone would celebrate him the prodigal son mm, you know yeah, for yeah. for coming home. like why does he get a party i've been working my butt off right, you know why right. why does he get everything and one thing about that story that changed me because there's times where you may feel as if oh i'm really not the younger son in this story i'm the older son who's seeing other people uh, do wrong and then come out on top. But the older brother was outside of the party, right? Mm -hmm. But the conversation between the older brother and the father was when the father left the party to to go find the older brother. Right, right. So it's like, yeah, the younger brother was lost. right. But the older brother was also lost right. in a way. You know, yeah, it's like he wow. he yeah. found the older brother and the older son and was like, hey, I've been looking for you. Why right. are you not part of this party? Right. You know, it's, it's a celebration, you know. And
0: yo, oh, my goodness.
1: And I love that because it, it reminds me that his lost looks different than the other person's lost. Right. And we're talking about Brandon's story and someone listening may go, "Well, that's not my story. This is my story." Right, right. Well, it doesn't matter what kind of lost you are. Right. God still searches for, for you. For sure. He's always searching for you. And if you're like, "Well, they're, cel- well, they're celebrating that person right now. I'm just I- I'm still stuck between the cushions." Oh. God. God's like, no, "No, no, I'm still looking for you too. You know, I still need you. I still want to use you." And and I think that's very cool in that oh story, my goodness, for sure. Bro, that, was, yeah.
0: that was unreal what you just did. Yo, okay, so I have never seen that before. Really, yeah. But you were so right. Like, like he literally pursued us in two different stories. I was lost, clearly, to everybody. But my son was missing, and I went and found him, even when he wasn't a part of the party. And I literally went to him. Yeah. And found him outside. right. Feeling lost. Exactly. Feeling lonely. Feeling feeling discouraged. Feeling angry. Yes. Feeling a lot of emotions right now and needing to be pursued by me as well. Yeah. I have never seen that before. Yeah, he was we having always focused on like the, the, the other, prodigal son. And, and that's like, how he
1: felt. He felt like wow. he was like everything's all about him. Why is my dad so worried about him? I'm the one that's been around. And the dad's like, "Yeah, you have been around, and now you haven't been out, around at the party. I've been looking for you too. I want you to be a part of it." Yeah. And so he was a part of the party, but he was a part of a pity party. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he is—he was, was having his own party outside those, uh, outside the hut. You know, his own little pity party. Wow. Yeah.
0: I cannot see that now. That's so good, man. That's good.
1: Yeah. So wow. I think I think that's one thing to encourage you. Uh, Brandon, as you reconcile with your family, um, sometimes you know you may come across where it's like, "Hey, I've 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 turned my life around, and this is where I'm at, and this is all God's doing." And I, I pray that your family just embraces you and loves you for that, and and celebrates with you. And if you come across a family member or a friend that's just sitting outside the party, just understand that they'll it'll turn around. You know, give it a moment. Yeah. Um, don't don't stop giving up you know god never gave up on you don't give up on your your brother don't give up on your your family member or your friend who yeah. maybe has not truly forgiven you or fully forgiven you just yet right um right. because they may be outside the party now but that doesn't mean that the forever just yeah. sit outside
0: that's so good man wow sheesh. okay well you know what and after all those mic drops bro I'm, I'm, I'm gonna have to let you i'm gonna have to let you pray us out man if you don't, if you don't mind if you could if you could um you know i want I always like to I'm, I'm very intentional about this and this is on every episode of freedom behind bars i love to not only pray for the brother that whose letter we're 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 reading but also pray for those who may feel like him pray for those who may feel like his family just pray for everybody Who's hurting in these situations, or who have found Christ in a whole new light and are celebrating those moments and celebrating the opportunity to see God in a different way than they've ever seen Him? Those who are just lost and have been found again; those who have been given new titles and feel and know that they're chosen now. You know, if you could pray for them today, and and you know, just to uplift them, encourage them. Pray for healing in their lives and 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 transformation and and doors being open for them. So yeah.
1: I'll say I want to encourage you and, and hopefully say something that just speaks into your life. If you feel like you are a lost cause, you're not. You're a found chosen child of God. Yeah. And so you're you're not ever you should never feel like you're fully just a lost cause because you're not. Jesus when he died, he came on a rescue mission. To save you, because he knew you were lost, and he wanted to make sure he found you. Why? Because you have value. You have purpose. Your past does not eradicate that. You you have um, something in you that was built and created in you before you were even born. <laughs> sure, yeah. And, and God knew that, but He also knew that you make uh, you may make mistakes, but He also knew that you would come out of your mistake for sure and, and I think that's very Im- important for people to understand is that this isn't
0: the end yeah no it's not it's not the so
1: end true. um that's I can so picture true. I can picture the prodigal son uh, just pacing back and forth and the reason I can picture that is because I've been in a jail cell pacing back and forth and being behind those walls and just going I'm unworthy mm-hmm. I have no purpose I would I, I remember saying I would I'm worth more dead than alive because of legal fees. Mm. And, and because I felt that way for so long, I felt like the best thing I could do for my family was to die. and it it was it was my attorney honestly he told me he's like, dude, you gotta suck it up? Your parents are paying good money for me and and they're the one he's like if if you're not gonna fight for yourself, fight for them right. and i had to I had to do that right and And it's like in those moments. Uh, now I sit here and go. If I'm not, there's moments where I still have a pity party instead of a party, uh, like the older brother did. And in those moments, I have to remind myself, okay, if I'm not gonna today fight for myself, I'm gonna fight for the one who um, has given me victory, right? Uh, who fights on my behalf constantly and right. consistently, and his name's Jesus.
0: Yeah, so, no, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Thank you for sharing that, bro. Yeah.
1: So let's pray, um, yeah. Brandon. I'm so thankful that you. Would take a time to write a letter like this. It's is awesome to hear that um you've overcome um your overwhelming times. Um, all right. And Lord God, in Jesus' name we pray that um uh, Brandon and people like Brandon who feel lost, that they'll find your peace, they'll find your hope. Lord God, when we're in our darkest uh, of pits, I pray that you will remind us of your light. And our and your light is found in your love. And in the name of Jesus, I just speak light. I speak uh, love. I speak grace over people like Brandon and Brandon himself who, who feel as if maybe um, their past is is going to keep them from the purpose that you have for them. And when they feel that way, that, Lord Jesus, you will just consume their hearts and their minds and remind them of, of your version, not the enemy's version. Lord God, I pray um, for for Brandon and for uh, the the life that you now have uh, inside of him, that his life is now just beginning in such a beautiful way that I pray that he can reconcile with his family and with his friends. I pray that he will um, find his purpose out of his past, um, that he will find a platform birth out of his past that will lead people to you, Jesus. I thank you for a podcast like this that can just really, really, really shine hope um, to a hurting world, and that you, oh Lord, will just remind us each and every day that you birth purpose inside of each each and every one of us um, before we were even born. Or God, we love you, and we pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen,
0: amen, amen. Well, brother, man, hey, first of all, Brandon. Thank you, brother. Yes, thank we, like, you, Like your letter, your letter, you know, I, I, I don't know if a lot of the men who write to pastor understand this, but their letters, when heard, truly encourage others who are walking similar paths, who just feel defeated, who feel like it's a wrap, it's over with. So I'm just so glad that you would take the time out to send this letter. I'm, I'm excited for what God has in store for you. I'm excited for what God has in store for all of us, anybody who's listening to this right now who feels like they've been lost. Hopefully, we've encouraged you today to know that God is pursuing you. If you'll just stop and turn around, know that he's standing there waiting on you. He's never left your side. And so we pray that you can continue to feel that love and and, and see his light and allow others to see his light through you. So, you know, I thank you for allowing you, sharing your light and your love. And we're, we're excited for you, we're excited for what God's going to do through you. We're excited for all the amazing music as well that Elevation is going to continue to bring to you because we're just as excited with you. And, you know, um, I'll let you I'll let you leave it out if you got any other final words there.
1: I just say, uh, Brandon, keep doing what you're doing on those days where you feel as if um, it doesn't matter or if you want to give up. Um, don't don't give in to the enemy telling you to give up um your setback for so long is now a setup for for greater things Mm. and you will do great things you just have to continue pursuing him stay close to the father because when you do you hear his voice and you know it's his voice it's not the the voice of the world or the
0: enemy for sure Yeah. yeah yeah so true that's so true On that note, guys, you guys be blessed. We will see you on the next episode, and love you all, guys. You'll be good, all right?